This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I'm live from Alabama. Well, before I get into what I had planned, let's get into some quick take. All right. LeBron was spectacular last night. He was awesome. Didn't even play 40 minutes. After three straight overtime games, the Lakers beat the Grizzlies by double digits. And I was watching the game. They were down 22-2. to two. I squinted. I double-taked. I was like, wait a minute. That's a real score? It's it. That's really for real? And the Lakers just was missing everything and just was allowing these threes and these layups. It just looked like the Space Jam monsters stole their powers. That's what it looked like. It It, it was bad. It was really, really bad. But then, I guess towards the end of the half, they started to fight back. They started to play harder. The end of the quarter, I meant. So they cut the lead down to about 15 at the end of the first. And then after that, they really turned up. And I think halfway through the second quarter, the Grizzlies only scored eight points. And the Lakers had caught up. They were only down like 10 by halftime, I think they were only down like 10. The third quarter, see, that's when they really caught up. That's when they took the lead. Once they took the lead, I was like, oh, it's over. They they didn't they didn't pissed off the Lakers with that early start. And then they just straight up ran them out of the gym. They ran them out of the gym after they took the lead. I was like, that's all they needed. It was just great to see LeBron and the Lakers just play with so much fire and intensity. After that start, I mean, that that just tells you what type of character they have. And they're going to be very hard to beat in the playoffs when they decide to turn up and play like that. Um, We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, they got the second best record in the league behind Utah, who's 21-5 and five now. Like, good Lord. I, I, I don't know if Utah can keep that up, but if they do... We're in a collision course for Jazz Lakers Conference Finals. And I would love to see Donovan Mitchell and LeBron James go at it, as well as Gobert and Anthony Davis. Also, J.J. Watt got released. So J.J. Watt got released. He asked for a release. It's kind of similar to Matt Stafford. He's just a longtime veteran that didn't want to be part of a rebuild he didn't like the way to the um he didn't like the direction that the team was going so he wanted out plain and simple i don't blame him i don't blame him um <laughs> already heard uh 12 teams are interested and uh in the comments in the comments of the like the espn and the sports center post people are talking about Steelers. Steelers is the most one that makes sense join his brothers I saw Buccaneers. I saw Ravens. I saw, in every one of these little stories, I see something about the Washington football team. Anytime Aaron Rodgers say something, anytime Russell Wilson say something about even giving a hint of possibly leaving and asking for a trade, I hear something about Washington football team. I'm like, listen, J.J. Watt should not go to Washington because he will not get burned, bro. 
he would not play. He would not play as much because they'll start Montez Sweat over him. That's what they they'll do him like Ryan Kerrigan. They can't do him like Ryan Kerrigan, bro. Or they're just gonna move him inside. And even then, he's still not gonna get that burn because of Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. He he needs to go to oh Green Bay is another one I heard because he's from Wisconsin. I think it's gonna be between Green Bay and uh, Pittsburgh. That makes the most sense. I don't want him to join Green Bay because uh, they're a title contender. And I don't really like Green Bay like that. I mean, I don't dislike them as much as I did in college. But can't have Aaron Rodgers win another one because then people are going to start getting disrespectful. And then I can't have my friend Emily talking trash. So... <laughs> Got to keep winning that rivalry. So he can't he can't go to the Packers, even though it'd be good to go home. I don't know where he's gonna end up. It it's gonna be one of those two. It'd be cool to see him with his two brothers in Pittsburgh. But he probably gonna have to take a pay cut. Uh, if he wants more money, maybe he go to Green Bay. Maybe he go somewhere like Baltimore, or maybe he go somewhere like man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The Bucks. The Bucks would be go- dope, especially if they lose Shaq Barrett and Adamican Sue, which I'm about to talk about literally in like a minute or two. Especially if they lose those guys, he would fit in nicely and he would um, potentially keep that train rolling. Now, speaking of the Bucks and their contracts, that's what I wanted to start the show with. Um, they got thirty million in cap room. The thing is, though, they got key free agents. So they got Shaquille Barrett, Levante David, Gronk, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. Uh, Barrett, David, and Godwin are the biggest one, and Dominican Sue is one too. Now they got a whole bunch of other people that didn't play that free agents. Whatever. I I don't know if they're gonna re-sign them. It doesn't matter. They don't. They're not going to get paid that much. But these guys were significant. They were significant contributors. So it's important to figure out where they're going. Uh, $30 million in cap room. I mean, it sounds like a lot. But it's like Barrett's market value is about $14 million a year. Godwin's is about $15 million, About $15 million a year. Um, David's, Levante Davis is about $12 million a year. Sue was paid $8 million last year. But the thing about Levante David and Shaq Barrett, like, Levante David's 31, Barrett is 29. They did play at a high level, but they're getting older. And, you know, they cost a lot of money. You got to think about it. Chris Godwin, I looked at his contract, and it's criminal. Like, okay, the year that he had 1,000 yards receiving, see, he only played 12 games this year. But the year before, he had about 1,000 yards receiving, he was only getting paid like $600,000. So he outperformed his contract. He got paid $2 million this year. So in the open market, he's worth at least $15 million. I don't know. Maybe he can negotiate and get paid less. Or maybe he's just worth that much. Maybe he's just worth that much. We'll see where they go. Will Indomitian Sue get $8 million? I don't know. But And then Gronk. I don't think Gronk is going to get as much because they saw him on the field and I don't know, it wasn't that great until the, until the Super Bowl. And he was spectacular in the Super Bowl. I don't think he'll cost that much though. 
but you might get in a situation where you got to choose between Barrett and David. I, I don't know if they can keep Shaq Barrett. So then maybe you do get a J.J. Watt or you draft another pass rusher. That's crazy. $30 million in cap room. But I think they do keep Godwin, a young receiver like that, and keep their core together. And Antonio Brown's probably not going to demand that much, especially since he wants to come back. I don't think he'll demand that much. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I mean, yeah, he turned up in the playoffs. But how much is he going to want? You might have to move on from him, too, especially since you got Ronald Jones as well. I mean, it's 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 tough, man. I want to see how all that goes. Somebody's leaving. Somebody leaving. Whether it be Levante David or Shaq Barrett, uh, they're going to try to keep them all. But 30, mil- 30 million in cap room, mm, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough when you got multiple people wanting double digits a year. Then you got, you know, all these other guys you got to sign as well. We'll see. We'll see. Shaq Barrett being 29, I, I don't know, bro. But <laughs> would love to have him on the Eagles, of course. But the Eagles don't have no cap room. And, you know, where else would he go? What, Houston? Jacksonville? <laughs> Jacksonville got a lot of cap room. Any Anybody, if you're looking for a big payday, that's the place to go. Jacksonville, they got years worth of cap room and in washington i assume getting rid of uh alex smith so they'll probably have a lot of cap room here you go let's see them try to keep the band back together (laughs) or keep the band together because tom brady's coming back mike evans is coming back antoine winfield jr's on a rookie contract devin white's on a rookie contract so you good at least with that with those players all right Speaking of Brady, this comparison, like, every time Alabama and Tom Brady wins a title, there is a graphic that comes out that shows, you know, what happens every time each one of them wins a title. Do they win in the same year? Does one win and does one, the other one win? And it's just spectacular. It just shows how there's something to look up to. You know, how you just got to admire their greatness. And then someone threw LeBron into that. And I think they all, all of these guys won a title in 2020 or the 2020 season. And they're just, and you just look at them and you just see greatness. It's, they like, they embody what cult level is. No matter what, they the greatest of all time. At least that's what it looks like. When you're on that GOAT level, you got to think like you're them combined. Whatever you do. And you just you just winning titles. You're just winning at whatever you do. Sure, I'm Mr. Just Take That L, but you take L's and then build up to get all them W's. That's why I say... That's why I say I just take them L's just trying to build the dynasty. But I'm just comparing these titles, and it's like, man, Saban won titles in 04, 09. This is the season, not the year he won it in. 04, 09, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017, 2020. LeBron, 
2018. Man, I think the point of comparing these guys is to show how great they are and how they're just dominating their sport. Sure, LeBron, I, I can't even imagine what the conversation would be if he had two or three more titles. I mean, already people saying he's better than Jordan and Kareem and Magic. They already saying that with four titles. So I can't imagine what they say with seven titles. It's just, man, it just makes you wonder, what do they continue to do to be great? I guess you see what Brady does little by little, how he studied tape, how he keeps their body, how he keeps his body intact and how he stays healthy. I think same thing with LeBron, his passion for the game and how he keeps his body up even at 36. Brady is 43 and Saban is like 70. And these guys are still doing their thing and they're still dominating. It's just admirable. It's you just it's just great, man. It's just um something you just it just inspires you to be great. And that's what I take from that comparison between Brady, Saban, and LeBron titles, how they somehow, you know, win in the same year sometimes. Just inspires you to be great. And someone in the in the comments of uh ESPN, someone threw Serena in there, how she won a bunch of titles. And how sometimes she wins in the same year as, as these guys. That's why you look up to them. That's why they make up that's why they make so much money. You got to love it. Now, let's get to Howard. Oh, man. This time last year, I was on my campaign manifesting that they were going to win a title. I kept saying Howard was going to win the MEAC championship. And then I was going to start this year that Howard was going to win the MEAC championship. But look what happened. They started just like last year. They didn't win a game. Until they played against Hampton. And they beat Hampton. And then last year, they beat Hampton and then lost like, I don't know, 10, 12 straight games. Something like that. They only won like two games after that. But I kept saying, oh, they got CJ. They got uh, everyone coming back. They got everyone but RJ coming back. They should be fine. They got CJ. How could they lose? He's the leading scorer in MEAC history. Man, these guys, they beat South Carolina State. Okay, that was three. So they won three times in 2020. I guess four if you count the next Hampton win. Anyway, then they lost to the top seed, North Carolina A&T. And then the very next day, the MEAC canceled the tournament. Okay, cool. Then covid COVID happens, messes everything up, and then it makes them have a slow start coming out the next year. They never really could get going. They got Maker Maker, the tall seven-footer that could have easily went to the G League. He was a five-star recruit. He's like 7'5 or something like that. And it was clearly the biggest recruit in Howard history. And I was hyped for this brother, especially, yeah, right, about that. Played against Belmont. He did okay. He played against Queens. He did okay. But Queens is like a D2 opponent, and they lost by 14. Then he gets hurt. Then he gets COVID. And then 
I guess they have problems. I guess they have problems within the program with COVID. And then all of a sudden, they're not, they, they stopped playing for a month. They stopped playing for a month and a half. Next thing you know, I think last week, they canceled the season. So I was thinking, okay, cool. They're going to get over the COVID problems. They're going to get back together. They're going to get in shape. They're going to play some games. They're going to get hot. They got my man Kyle Foster still on the team. They got some young players. They're going to shoot the lights out. And then Maker Maker is going to dominate. He's going to average like a double-double every game. Man, none of that happened, bro. Maker Maker never got back. The team never really got on the floor. And they canceled the season. Um, After beating Hampton, they couldn't beat COVID. I mean, a lot of people can't beat COVID because it's hard to stop. And now their season's over. And now with Howard basketball, they fade into oblivion with the hopes of maybe Maker Maker comes back. I hope he does because I really want to see how this team looks like, what this team looked like with a healthy Maker Maker and the young players developing around him. I hope he isn't like Trey Lance and he's just one and done, only played like a game or two his last season and then decides to go pro. I hope he isn't like that. I haven't really seen him on any mock draft boards. He averaged like he averaged like four turnovers a game, which is crazy for a big man like him. That's crazy. He averaged about as many turnovers as rebounds and assists. But hey, man, I, I really hope he come back. I think he should come back, raise his draft stock, get Howard to a place they never been before. I'm just hoping and praying that's what happens. And hopefully they allow fans not only are playing but allow fans next season so I can watch this happen. So they can win the MEAC championship. You have to challenge the Titans at the top of Norfolk State and North Carolina Central. Those are the two Titans that keep battling it out. You better get them now before they move to some other conferences because these, uh, some of these guys are leaving the conference and going to other conferences. I think fam, you went to the SWAC and A&T went somewhere else. Uh, Hampton went to the, they went to some other league with High Point that, that High Point is in. I can't, I think it's a big South. I mean, the league is falling apart, so you might want to get it while you can before the league completely disbands. It's not, not looking good. But you know, Howard had just couldn't get over COVID and... They had to shut down for the season. It's a shame, but I guess it's for the good of everybody involved. And hopefully everyone's working out, staying in the gym, and come back next year and, you know, show them, show them why they met. <laughs> show them why they met. All right. Staying local, the Washington Wizards. These damn Washington Wizards. Holy crap. So, okay. So, lately, so this is what they've been up to. So, they beat the Bulls. After getting blown out by the Hornets, they beat the Bulls. Bill and Levine had an epic showdown, kind of like on 2K, my epic showdown with Westbrook and Levine. They had a nice showdown, went down to the last minute. Zach Levine thought he got fouled by Alex Lynn, but Alex Lynn was straight up. It was a good play. Bill missed a free throw, which kind of gave the Bulls a chance that that was a... Uh, 
kind of annoying, but whatever. He's human. But he made them last two free throws to put the game away. And the Wizards won by four. And that Wizards win tweet by the Wizards Twitter, it's rare. And you love it. Every time you see it, you love it. And, you know, they won. No Westbrook. So, once again, the Westbrook haters got started. They used that as ammo, which caused his fans and fans or whatever you want to call them to kind of fight back and defend their man. Of course. Man, Westbrook is awesome. He's amazing. I I can't blame him for the Wizards' struggle. It's the whole team. They don't play defense. And offensively, they're up and down. That's not Westbrook's fault at all. So... Then they got blown out by the Raptors. They had everyone except Thomas Bryant, I, I assume. Everyone played except Thomas Bryant. Gave up 137, typical Wizards. They gave up 19 threes. I can, okay, I think part of it is the Wizards don't play defense, and part of it is the Raptors were just hot that day. I mean, Norman Powell had 28. Van Vliet only had 14. I guess it was a total team effort. They shot the lights out. We had no chance. I mean, screw it. Whatever. Okay, whatever. The Raptors are getting hot and they're peaking. That's fine. Uh, then we got blown out by the Knicks last night. No Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill had been putting in work all season. So we decide to rest this guy. Fine. I had no problem with it. So now we get to see how the team looks with just Westbrook leading the charge. And, well, got blown out again. 109-91. to 91. And Westbrook, okay, he had a slow first half, and then he picked it up, 23-9-10. and 10. That's not bad. That's not bad. I uh, heard Garrison Matthews hit some threes, but at the end of the day, lost again. I mean, I wasn't expecting much with Bradley Bill not playing. we probably win that game with Bradley Bill on the floor. But it is what it is. We got the Celtics, and then... Right after that, the very next day, on the 15th, John Wall comes back to D.C. He's coming back to Capital One Arena, which sucks because fans aren't allowed in the stadium, so he can't get the welcome that he deserves. That would have been an emotional game. I would have loved to see it in person. It's not going to happen. No fans allowed. So he's going to be there. We all, I guess we'll watch on TV, and we'll see how it goes. Um... What sucks is Westbrook ain't going to play. It's the second game of a back-to-back, and he hasn't played in the second game of a back-to-back all season. It's load management. I mean, I don't know why we load managing anymore. I mean, we're not even in the playoff race. But no, 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 I can't say that because this year, the NBA is allowing 10 teams from each conference to make the playoffs. We're not that far out. Like I said, all it takes is a good half a month of basketball, a, a decent winning streak, and we're in it. And it's definitely possible with this team. They can hit their stride, and they can get to ninth or 10th place. And then we're in that play-in tournament, and then all bets are off. Just saying. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, It's going to be tough to beat the Celtics. They're just better than us. And the Rockets, without, John, without Westbrook, and John Wall's trying to prove a point. John Wall versus Bradley Bill, that should be a good battle. That should be a great battle. I'm going to love to see it. And we'll see if uh, the Wizards still do a tribute video to John Wall. I feel like they should. He did a lot for us. Now let's get to the Washington Capitals. They've been trash late. After starting out with the league's best record, 
They were 6-0-3. And then, you know, after they got up 3-0 against the Bruins for the second straight night, they gave up five straight goals, and things haven't been the same since. They lost to the Rangers. I can't stand the Rangers. Then they lost to the Flyers. I don't really have a problem with the Flyers, but they keep beating us. They've been beating us lately. So, yeah, I talked about that last show. But since then, the Buffalo Sabres, that's supposed to be our get-right game. We had two get-right games against the Sabres. They were postponed because the Sabres have COVID problems. And Washington Capitals have gotten over their COVID problems. Everyone's cleared to play. But the Sabres, no. Well, okay. So, okay. So those games were postponed. So our next game is tomorrow. I don't know when this show is coming out, but February 14th against the Penguins. That's fine. We got to beat the Penguins. I mean, this is deja vu from a few weeks ago when we played the Penguins on a Sunday and we had that crazy overtime game where we lost, but we picked up a point anyway because it was overtime. I hope, I'm hoping for the same thing. I probably won't get to watch it because I'm going to be doing stuff, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Let's just hope they get back on track. Avenging those losses against the Penguins is a good way to start. They got a week to get rested and kind of figure out what happened and what went wrong their last three games. And let's go out and body our rivals. Pittsburgh Penguins, our biggest rival. There's no better time to get back on track and to get your confidence back than to beat your rival. You got to beat them, guys. Got to beat them. I guess I'm completing the uh, the D.C. trifecta here. <laughs> and talking about the Washington football team, a.k.a. the Washington sitcom. The Washington sitcom. So... The biggest news with them lately is that they re-sign, they sign Taylor Heineke. This is a no-brainer, obvious move. They should. What he did for them and the limited amount of time he played versus the Panthers and then starting that playoff game was amazing. The fans love him. He put it all out there. He laid it all out in the line and almost pulled off a monumental upset against Tampa Bay, even though I say that they should have lost 44-16, but the Bucks were loafing and left points on the board. Whatever, whatever. But they signed him two years, $8.75 million. I've heard two interviews from him on the radio since then, and it just sounds like he's very thankful, he's very humble, he's grateful, and he don't have the stress for the stress of just fighting just to stay in the league, just to stay on the squad. I mean, he doesn't have to go and do like little leagues, like not different leagues like XFL and other startup leagues. He could just, you know, compete for that job in Washington. And it's definitely up for grabs. We don't, they don't know what they're going to do. They don't know whether they're going to trade for a quarterback, draft a quarterback, or just run it with, uh, with Allen. Alex Smith and Heineke. Of course, what I've heard about a million times this week is uh, Taylor Heineke. <laughs> like, Chase, like Chase Young says, Heineke. <laughs> you got an emphasis on the key. I'm not going to lie, man. I can't, hate, I can't hate on that guy, man. But I think, they, I think he deserves a shot at the starting QB position. He could be another Kurt Warner. 
he could be another Kurt Warner. I, I like I like this guy. You know, he may be a rival to my Eagles, but I want to see this guy do well. I really do. And um, I, I'm glad he got paid. It's, it's pretty much backup QB money, but I'm glad he got paid. But I still want the Eagles to beat him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. But listen, Washington football fans, Washington sitcom fans, don't get too excited now because look at your schedule. The division's always tough. But in addition to the division, you got to play the Saints, the Bucks, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. And they're going to really test your defense, except maybe the Saints. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. But the Bucks, Packers, Seahawks, Chargers, and Chiefs, they all got really good quarterbacks. They're all top 10 quarterbacks. Well, I don't know about Justin Herbert, but he's really talented. So, y'all in trouble. How y'all going to stop those guys? I know y'all did well against Russell Wilson, but he's coming back with a vengeance. And he's going to be on your neck. So, it's going to be harder for you to beat those guys. So, you better be ready. But luckily for them, all of those games are at home except the Packers game. I don't know how they win in Lambeau. They might get blown out of Lambeau. I'm just saying. But then again, the Eagles made it close in Lambeau, and we had a terrible season. And also, the Jaguars had a close game in Lambeau. So, oh, okay, maybe I'm overestimating it. But Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be playing. So, <laughs> Washington football fans, don't get excited. Don't get too excited because you're still in trouble. And then you got to worry about the Eagles who got to get you back for that sweep. The Cowboys got to get you back for that sweep. So, we'll see what happens. You feel me? All right, so now, uh, speaking of the Eagles, this Carson Wentz trade thing, the Eagles need to stop the cap. Stop the cap, please. Because you want two first-round picks? You want two or three first-round picks? You want the same thing that the Rams gave Matt Stafford? Okay, okay. When Carson Wentz was at his best, he was just as good as Matt Stafford. The problem is... He hasn't been better than Matt Stafford lately. And the NFL, I'm sure, is a what have you done for me lately. And the locker room, potential locker room issues and the decline and the loss of confidence and regression, that's not, you know what I'm saying? That's not good. I'd be, just take one first round pick and just be cool with that. Now, the Colts want a player as well, but what player is the Colts asking for? Are they asking for a young up-and-coming player? Are they asking for one of our pro bowlers? Like, like, what are they doing? And I'm sure the Bears are simply offering a first-round pick. Just take that. Don't Y'all asking for two first-round picks and maybe a quarterback? Okay, so I heard that the Bears might give up Nick Foles. I guess maybe they want an extra first-round pick from the Bears. I'm thinking Carson Wentz is worth a second-round pick, not a first-round pick. That was my initial thought. I mean, we listen, the guy wants to go. He is going to be a $30 million cap hit, and he wants to leave. You got to get rid of him. You got to speed up this process. You got to stop the cap. Stop capping, please. Lower your asking price. You're, you're getting something in return. Just take it and let's go. Because this is nonsense. If you got one first-round pick, 
Just take it. You're not going to get any future first-round picks. Just take that one and let's roll. Two first-round picks in 2021, that might work wonders. But you're loafing. You're fronting. You are fronting. Please, please get it together, man. Because it's about the good of the team. Long-term. And Carson Wentz doesn't want to be there. So you got to get going. I think the trade happens next week. I mean, they, they know they got to stop the cap. So now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. So OU basketball dropped in the rankings. They're number 12 now. Goddamn. Well, I, I understand. They lost to Texas Tech. I mean, they're a good team, but they were ranked higher than Texas Tech. Then they had a head-scratching game against Iowa State where they, for some reason, couldn't stop them and struggled with them. They only won by single digits. That's not good, especially when Iowa State doesn't have a Big 12 win and they got blown out by Kansas not too long ago. Not good. I saw that coming off the plane, by the way. I was like, why couldn't we do that to them? But we didn't. We dropped. So now we got to go to West Virginia today. This is recorded on the 13th. So as I speak, I'll be watching that at the airport. OU in West Virginia. We got to beat them. Got to beat them. If we can sweep West Virginia, that will definitely bolster our resume. But it's going to be tough because, you know, they beat Texas Tech. They beat Texas Tech. So they're, they're a tough team, too, now. It, it's going to be tough. Um, our remaining schedule is got at West Virginia. Then we got Texas on Tuesday, I believe. Then got Iowa State again. It's going to be tougher because at Iowa State, and he almost beat us last time. So that's going to be tough. At K-State, where we haven't won since, like, 2011, my sophomore year. 2012, that was my sophomore year. And then Oklahoma State twice where we do a home and home. I don't know. Maybe they'll squeeze in the second Baylor game, but I doubt it. So there you go. That's the schedule. We got to hammer Iowa State and Kansas State. We got to show them who's boss. We got to, if we can find a way, I think we split with Oklahoma State, like I said before. We got to find a way to at least split the West Virginia-Texas matchups. If we can win both we good, but it's going to be very hard. But that will definitely help us if we can beat at least one of the two between West Virginia and Texas because that will be a sweep. And that, that will definitely make us a top five type of seed in the tournament, which is great. But I'd be worried about the, the stupid 12th and 13th seeds that we'd have to play, but still, still, we'd be firmly in the tournament and we'd be rising. I think at their peak, if everything goes well and they win the Big 12 title, that Oklahoma could be as high as a third seed. I don't think they're that good, but that would be great. So OU softball got started. They played three games and they've been spectacular. So they played UTEP, who's 0-4, right? They played UTEP, beat them 29 to nothing. I think they hit like nine home runs. They beat Abilene Christian 9-0 and 
who Abilene Christian whooped up on UTEP as well. So, so far, just like OU Gymnastics, I'm thankful they're really good. I love them to death. But they got a Mickey Mouse schedule. They got a Mickey Mouse schedule just like OU Gymnastics, OU Women Gymnastics. And it's fine, man. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? The only good teams they play against until the Big 12 starts is Arizona State and Missouri. I don't know if Arizona State's actually good, but usually they're good. Usually they're always, always top 25. They always got a good program. You know, they always got good pitchers. So we'll see. Um, you know I'm going to edit this out. Oh, yeah, that's it. I was right. I was right. Giselle Juarez, Big G. She gets to play against her old team in Arizona State, so i love to see how that goes. But the point still remains. They got a Mickey Mouse schedule, and they should body pretty much everybody. I don't know how good Houston is. They can't be better than OU or not even close. They got to play them like three times. So they should pretty much annihilate everyone the entire season until they get to, the, of course, the Texas, the Baylors, the Oklahoma States. I think Iowa State got a decent team finally, but we usually body them too. We'll see. Mickey Mouse schedule. But it is what it is. As long as we win, I'm cool. So that's it for the Sooner Schooner. So now let's get into uh, the MVP race, the NBA MVP race. So who's your MVP? So according to basketball reference, they got Jokic won. This is based off stats and how they voted in the past. They got Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi, top five. Steph Curry is 10th. Go Burris, eight. I don't see Donovan Mitchell. I mean, Utah's 21 and five, so I guess you got to have somebody up there. Uh, Brad will be on the list if his team didn't suck. Jokic, no, not Jokic. Doncic would be on the list if his team didn't suck. But the thing about this is how Jokic is first and Curry is 10th, but their team's got similar records. The Warriors are 14 and 12 and they're surging. And the Nuggets are 13 and 11. Well, they're surging too. Whatever. I don't get it. Uh, Jokic is look like he in the lead. LeBron made a strong case last night. LeBron's always going to be in a conversation because he's just amazing. You got to keep that in consideration. But I think ultimately, I think Steph will climb into the top five as the season goes along. So I think it's going to be between, unless the Wizards start winning, Brad is completely out of it. So I think at the end of the day, you're going to be choosing between Jokic, LeBron, Embiid, and Steph Curry, most likely. But man, like, yeah, because Steph Curry is averaging 35 and 5, and his team is starting to win. So you got to look out for him. And, you know, he's already won two MVPs. I mean, greatness is going to, consistent greatness like that is always going to shine and be noticed. Jokic is averaging 26, 11, and 8. Embiid is averaging 29 and 10. LeBron's averaging 25, 7 and 7. Amazing. Great numbers. Great numbers. We'll see. This could be Jokic year, but you know, they got to keep winning. They got to keep winning. But it's just numbers are so good. It's just hard to ignore. He's averaging like almost a triple double. It's just spectacular. You know, I got to actually sit down and watch him play because I haven't really watched the Nuggets since the bubble. So NBA season's going 
going okay, going all right right now, even with all the, the COVID um, problems. And the Nets and Warriors are tonight, but I'm going to miss it because, you know, I got to land and I got to get my bags and all that. I'm probably going to miss it. It is what it is. I'll just watch the highlights. I mean, no problem. So, yeah. So now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. The hypothetical game of the episode where I pit two teams, both historical or completely made up, and pit them against each other. Sometimes it's not teams. Sometimes it's individuals. I've done JT versus the Internet Troll, which is on a lost episode that I'll put out sometime this year. I mean, I've done Frederick Douglass versus that uh, that Chinese pirate woman. <laughs> I forgot her name. <laughs> it was stuff like that. It's fun, man. But this... This episode, it is finally the championship of the second mini tournament, mini tournament number two, the championship. We got 2019 LSU versus 2001 Miami. And to be honest, this one was a shocker. See, I use what if sports once again because I can this time. I didn't have to make up stuff. So... Using what is sports, this is what I got. So to start off the game, Joe Burrow, already harassed, already having trouble with the Miami defense, is picked off. Well, not really. He's having trouble, but somehow he's still moving down the field with some clutch third downs and passes to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. But he was picked off at the five by Philip Buchanan, shocker. Shocker. I mean, him and Ed Reed, like I said last episode, him and Ed Reed combined for like 14 turnovers, 14 interceptions. Who knows how many fumbles they cost? But anyway, Miami got the ball back on their own 12, and they drive all the way down the field. And at their 41, they threw a screen pass to Robert Williams, who ran 59 yards to the house. And it's 7 nothing, 2001 Miami. So then LSU answers back. They drive down the field, but they stall once again. Cade York with a field goal, 7-3, 2001 Miami. So then the next drive, Miami takes the ball. 34-yard touchdown by Willis McGahee. It is 14-3, and I am shocked. I am shocked. They are dying right now. LSU is... Probably shocked too. So they come back with another good drive, but they stall once again. They just cannot get in the end zone because of this Miami defense. And it is 14 to 6, 2001 Miami after a field goal from Cade York once again. Both teams stall, but then Clinton Portis, Clinton Portis with a 22 yard touchdown straight up the middle, ran past the safety. And it's now 21 to 6, 2001 Miami. So after an LSU fumble, no, that, that doesn't happen yet. That didn't happen yet. My bad. Okay. So LSU stalls once again, three and out. And then Miami takes that. They take that. They drive down the field and they throw another screen pass to Robert Williams. 
who uh, walks into the end zone for a touchdown. Great blocking. And it's 28 to 6. 2001 Miami at halftime. Kind of doing what they did to 2001 Nebraska, having a really good half, having a really good quarter, and just blowing things open. So to start off the half, LSU's fired up. They're trying to get back in this. They're trying to win the mini tournament. And just like that, one play, two play, then Chris Curry fumbles. Fumbles deep in their own territory. And Miami gets the ball, but they don't capitalize. And they kick a field goal, 31-6 Miami. This is a shocker. I can't believe it. LSU's prolific offense, they're moving the ball, but they're not scoring and they're turning the ball over. Not good. And their defense can't stop anybody. So Thad Moss, finally, LSU gets on the board with a two-yard tight end screen. It was a good play call. Thad Moss scores 31-13 LSU. For whatever reason, Miami puts in their backup quarterback. I don't know why. But they put him in, and they pretty much run out the clock. They score two field goals, and that's pretty much the game. 37-13, defense was lights out. I mean, okay, Joe Burrow still threw for 323 yards and, and a touchdown. But Miami defense held LSU, 2019 LSU, to 81 yards rushing. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 20 carries, 22 yards. Unbelievable. Miami had four NFL D linemen. The only two that really did anything out of the four was Vince Wilfork and William Joseph. Vince Wilfork, Hall of Famer, but William Joseph, like, I mean, he's he did okay. <laughs> the other two were pretty much one or two seasons and they were done. But Ken Dorsey didn't turn the ball over. 19 for 31, 228 yards, two touchdowns. Clinton Portis, 26 carries, 126 yards, two touchdowns. Miami rushed for 173 yards. Robert Williams, two catches, two touchdowns. (laughs) Andre Johnson was three catches for 46 yards. Jeremy Shockey had four catches for 40 yards, for 40 yards. Ed Reed had a sack. Buchanan had a pick, like I said earlier. And, you know, that's the, okay, okay. Justin Jefferson for LSU, seven receptions, 127 yards. Jamar Chase, five receptions, 85 yards. They're hard to stop, so they're going to get theirs, of course. So that's it. That's the hypothetical game of the episode where you got 2001 Miami, which I think if you ask, depending on who you ask, including me, this is an upset. 2001 Miami 37, 2019 LSU 13, 2001 Miami wins the second mini tournament. And just like that, that's the hypothetical game of the episode. And now that's the end of the episode. So I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.